The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Gate Global Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Patch of Land. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. We're producing this episode for GoodCrowd.info, and we're thrilled to have as our special guest today, Todd Crosland, who is the CEO and founder of Seed Equity Ventures, our sponsor. Uh, Todd, welcome back to the show. We're thrilled to have you again. Thank you, Devin. Happy to be here. Todd, last year you looked at hundreds upon hundreds of deals. I think you told me 600 submissions, maybe, and, and you put eight I think you said on the on the platform for funding, uh, you're very selective, and so I thought it would be fun today to talk about your selection criteria. Um, and you provided a, a short outline for us on that, and so we've got a little bit of a framework. But uh, I'm excited to go through these. Uh, it's not a surprise, you know. Most most investors use a similar set of criteria, but. Your first criteria is proven management. Tell us a little bit about how you vet management. Well, um, thanks, Devin. You know, as with with any, you know, business or enterprise, uh, I really, you know, it starts from the top down. And uh, we've looked at companies that have uh, and actually invested in some companies that were first time entrepreneurs. But we we really look at. you know, companies that have had, you know, and founders that have had success in the past. And, you know, part of doing this, you know, more than once means that you've, you've kind of been through the school of hard knocks and, and our hope is that you've learned through, through, you know, previous uh, uh, startups or, or companies that a person's run. And then, you know, then as we look at the, the new venture that they've started, we, we can take a look at the, kind of the, the depth of their experience and, you know, the successes and failures they had in the past. And while that's not a guarantee for any, uh, you know, future outcome, it, it, it sure gives us uh, an idea about uh, type of individuals we're dealing with and what kind of drive they have to see this through to the finish line. You know, you say successes and failures. It's relatively easy for us to understand how you look at successes. How do you look at failures? What are failures that, that make you feel good about a, a CEO or a, a management team member? And what are failures that give you concern? Is there a way to distinguish one from another? Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, uh, not being successful in a venture and, you know, as long as you're, you know, honest with the, your investors and, you know, employees in, uh, and we're, you know, truthful in, in uh, your presentations, uh, I think what we would have to take issue with is as we do our background checks on individuals where maybe, you know, they try to pull the wool over somebody's eyes regarding, you know, some projections that were not realistic and uh, you know, overpromised and underdelivered, and so we try to distinguish between those two. So, a special, you know, red flags might include allegations of fraud coming either from a government entity or from one of the past investors. That kind of thing. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so part of the due diligence process, uh, if we get further along in the deal where through due diligence, we, we like the management team, we like the market, uh, on the on the surface, it looks interesting for us. Then we do, we hire a third party outside firm that does a, a background check on the the founders, the officers and directors, and large shareholders of the enterprise. And based upon that app, background check, we can find out a lot of information. And um, we're, we're particularly looking for any you know either allegations or convictions for fraud. And um, well, we have we, we have come across uh, a company in the past that we were quite excited about it when we found out that there was a problem with uh, uh, the SEC and in, in one of the founders' pasts. Uh, they could have been, uh, you know, in, invented, <laughs> you know, a cure for cancer, and we still would have passed. So uh, while the company was exciting and had great traction, uh, that's just a that's a line we don't cross when we when we come across that. Yeah, great, great uh, illustration. Your next criteria is to look at the market. Tell us about market market size. What are you looking for in terms of minimum potential for scale? Yeah, so you know, if if the market is say, you know, if if the founders identify a market of say, you know, ten million dollars, and we think that we can you know, get 50% of the market share, that, that might be a nice, a nice business and maybe a lifestyle business that you can have and, you know, support your family with, but that wouldn't really meet the criteria that we're looking for. So we, we really try to find companies that would, you know, they're trying to address a, a market in excess of a billion dollar uh, total addressable market. And uh, as long as there's that, you know, potential market share out there that they can uh, try and penetrate and get, you know, percentage points of that market, then that's that's one of the criteria that we look at. That, that's uh, really helpful to understand that. Uh, a lot of times uh, we used to talk about, you and I are old enough to remember when people would talk about $100 million dollar marketplace or, or projections being adequate, but more and more, it seems people are fixating on a billion dollar threshold. Uh, do, do people need that kind of scale to be successful on your platform? Well, I don't think they need to be that kind of scale uh, as far as what their projections are, but we'd like them to be addressing a market that is, it's a large market. So even with a, a five or ten percent penetration, they be it could become a very viable company. Yeah. Now, the business model. Uh, how does the business model enter into your investment criteria? How are you thinking about that? Well, uh, you know, so as you mentioned, we we saw about six hundred deals this last year, and um, we've seen a lot of different business models. And just, you know, common sense, common sense will just tell us, you know, we just turn off certain, certain deals that we're, we're looking at. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty easy no right off the bat just because of the business model. So I think that the business model has to be, you know, plausible, you know, if we can look in the marketplace to see, um, is this something that, you know, 
markets or companies or uh, consumers, uh, if, if they have purchased something like this in the past or a service like it, or uh, do, we, do we think that there's a need for it? So th there's been some businesses where we, we, we've just seen a lot of interesting things and, and some, some are really interesting and we're excited about and uh, some are, are less interesting, I should say, with, without being too direct, so. Yeah, do you have a, a, an example of a flawed business model I hate to ask that, but it would be so helpful to illustrate sure. th this uh, this point because I think I think all of us struggle to understand, you know, what what investors are looking for sometimes. Uh, well, we, we've <laughs> there's there's a lot of interesting ideas out there, uh, and it's not to say that you know we're experts in the universe of good ideas. I'm sure we we passed on some ideas and companies that will. You know, hopefully be successful in the future uh, i think there was one there was one that kind of sticks out where um, um it was a um a perpetual um energy uh source that you attach to a bicycle that never that never runs out of energy and the, the video we saw you know it had an assortment of you know Radio Shack you know wires and meters and things on it and uh, but if you just know anything about physics you know it, it wasn't possible that there could be perpetual energy uh, with riding your bike you know once in a while so um, but we, we've seen a lot yeah we've seen a lot of interesting deals I, I think one thing that we tried to do is um, because I've I've kind of been in the position where I'm starting a new company and maybe people didn't believe in me and that's a dumb idea. And so we wish everybody well, and we wish everybody good luck with their venture, even if we're not going to, you know, support it or raise capital for it. One of the things that you look for is traction. And this makes great sense of it as a, as an investment criteria. And I suspect every investor along the value chain from seed stage and even before and all the way through, uh, you know, the, the IPO uh, or an acquisition, people are looking at traction. What kind of tra traction milestones intrigue you uh, for a successful, uh, as a successful sign of being a good seed round? Uh, sure. Yeah. So what we're looking, and obviously uh, a lot of these companies, they've just come out of an accelerator. Maybe they launched three months you know, earlier before we, we, we get a hold of them. Uh, they they might have launched you know, six or nine months ago. But uh, we really want to see, because uh, it, it's, it's kind of the ultimate validation. Uh, if, if they're in the marketplace and, and they have, um, you know, a hundred thousand users or a million users, even without revenue, we can see what the adoption is of their product or service. And there's been a few companies that uh, didn't have, you know, revenue, you know, any revenue to date, but they, they had lots of traction and downloads and, and user interactions, inter interactions with their, their product. Um, you know, you know, one of those um, was, 
a company called uh, Shred Video that came out of Y Combinator. So uh, really good founders, great experience, uh, really good domain experience in the uh, video, music, uh, editing space. And, and they came up with a really unique product. They got entered into uh, and accepted by Y Combinator. And, you know, while they were in the last summer, while they were in Y Combinator, they launched and they had uh, a few hundred thousand, you know, downloads on their on their product and, and now they're they're growing and and so we look at that type of traction but we've also seen companies that um you know SaaS companies that maybe when we started to work with them they had five thousand dollars a month and you know monthly reoccurring revenue and then it went to twenty thousand and then it went to thirty thousand then it went to a hundred thousand a month so we've also we've also seen that so uh you know even if it's small revenue or even if no revenue, as long as we can see, you know, adoption you know, in the marketplace is what we're looking for. Fantastic. That's really helpful to help people understand where in this process you're investing. Now, your last of five criteria was an exit strategy, and it makes perfect sense. Uh, there's got to be some way for you to get your money and the investor's money back out Uh you don't do this for the sake of hanging a stock certificate on the wall. Tell us a little bit about what you look for as evidence that uh, a, an exit strategy will work. Well, we, we yeah, you know, as we talked, we've looked at a lot of different companies and, and some of these businesses, uh, they, they might be more of a lifestyle business where, you know, this is something that you're going to support your family with, you know, in the long term, but, uh, and maybe it was, you know, mildly profitable and, you know, it, it had limited growth potential, but it was it was profitable. Um, if we can't really see where there, a larger company is going to want to buy this this company to add it to their product or services, um, you know, that's really one of our criteria. And I, I would think for the most part, uh, the companies that we're looking at, you know, our, our hope is that a, a larger corporation will come around and, you know, and if they're competing in a, in a segment that, that they'll become a subsidiary of another company or their services will be absorbed by a large company. And that's, that's kind of our, our hope for these companies. I guess at this point, your company is so young, you haven't seen any of your investments yet yield a, uh, an exit, but you have seen some follow on rounds and those sure. tend to be, a sign perhaps of a, a, a coming uh, exit. Exactly. So there's been a, there's been a few um, of the, of the eight deals. There was uh, a company that we invested in uh, uh, and we had investors come into this round too uh, called DemoChimp and they've since raised a series A round at a, at a higher valuation and raised, you know, significantly more money than than uh, the seed round that we were involved in. And then there was a a company that we invested in out of Hong Kong uh, that last week just closed their Series C round, and they raised a uh, ten million dollars at a thirty-two million dollar pre-money valuation. And we were, we were involved uh, much lower than that. So uh, while while not an exit, it it, it shows that uh, I guess it shows. That, Traction, 
traction for our investment that, you know, there's been, there's been sophisticated, you know, investors that are valuing the company at much higher valuations and investing in larger sums of money. So Uh, those are great signs of progress. Uh, Are you looking at any uh, particularly promising deals right now or uh, that you're getting ready to put out there? So there's there's a, a few companies that we're working with right now. There's there's two medical device uh, companies that we're working with, and then there's a uh, another uh, you know B two B business you know technology company that we're working with out of uh, back east, and there's probably uh, two other really interesting deals that we're kind of do in the process of due diligence right now. So uh, still active. Uh, in reviewing deals each day, you know, we, we get, you know, one to three new companies a day that come in to uh, fill out an application with us. So that um, continues to fill our pipeline with deals and process to review. We didn't talk about geography as a uh, screening criteria. Is there a, are there any geographies international or otherwise that are off limits? Well, um, Right now, we've invested, most of the companies have been in the U.S. There's been one in Hong Kong and one out of London. We, we've, had, um, we, we've had other venture firms that we've invested with on these uh, uh, international um, uh, opportunities. It, it would be hard for us to be you know, the, the lead investor in an international deal at this point. But if we have a you know, kind of a trusted co-investor that's know has boots on the ground in in that region and has really vetted the deal that supplements our due diligence um that's interesting for us and but we've we've looked at we've we were close on uh a deal in the middle east that didn't quite happen uh, last year and so we we look at deals internationally as well fantastic well todd are there any other updates you want to share with us before we wrap up well i think um Another milestone we hit this last week, we have, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and investors now from 130 countries on the platform. And uh, there's about 9,400 members that are registered with us. Um, And then, you know, another, you know, we have dozens of new deals that we're reviewing each month as well. That's, That's probably the most interesting milestone, I guess, for this past week. Uh, that's great. Well, Todd, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. It's it's exciting to learn more about uh, how you approach investing, and I look forward to catching up with you next month and we can cover uh, more of this ground because I think it's really important for entrepreneurs to understand how investors think about these things. So I, I thank you for taking the time to share those with us today. Well, thank you very much, Devin. Appreciate it. All right. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact, GGI, uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC providing investment banking services to startups globally. 
Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Patch of Land is the leader in real estate crowdfunding with a mission to provide real estate entrepreneurs with easy access to capital from thousands of investors who want to invest in the revitalization of American neighborhoods. Patch of Land is building wealth and growing communities. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.